Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi, everyone. It's Danny Prince here with uh, Hawks Insiders Player Interview Special. Um, today, we are going to be joined by an absolute young gun of the football club and the competition. We're getting, we're checking in with Hawthorne, the Hawks Insiders' own Will Day, uh, and really excited for this chat. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Weiss. Weesey, Will Day, round two. Um, doesn't get much better than this. It doesn't. Uh, one of my favourites, uh, he's clearly generationally, you know, he's one of Ethan's favourites. I think all the kids love him and well, he has the potentially to be our A-grade football star. Um, so, yeah, really enjoying watching him play, really enjoying him watch uh, dominate as a midfielder. Um, and just give us that extra element, uh, the the dynamic dynamicism in the midfield that w- that gives us a different element. So, yeah, really excited to hear how he's tracking at the midway point of the season. Absolutely. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our chat with Will now. Will, welcome to the Hawks Insiders. Well, welcome back to the Hawks Insiders. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Keen to be back. Uh, we're very, very keen to have you, Will, um, and want to start off on a good note. First and foremost, massive win. We're coming off um, against Premiership contenders in Brisbane. Yeah, no, um, very exciting after the weekend. We went in knowing they're a top four team and um, very talented list. So to come away with the four points and especially going into the bye, it's, um, yeah, it's a nice little touch heading into the break and um, yeah, caps off a pretty good month of footy for us. Well, you went off early in the game. I think you went into the rooms to have the shoulder looked at and, and came back with it strapped. How did it happen? Obviously, you played through. Um, were you worried at any point throughout the game and how's it feeling? Yeah, um, Oscar McInerney just sort of came out the front of the stoppage and um, being the big boy he is I didn't really know what to do so I sort of stuck the arm out and yeah just awkwardly got sort of pushed back and yeah initially it was very sore um as seen on the vision and got up tried to run it off a little bit and ended up going off just to get assessed and yeah the assessments once I um had sort of cooled down a little bit um it wasn't too bad so taped it up and got back out there and um, yeah, didn't really think about it too much during the game, which was nice. And what about, what about now? Is it just a stinger or what was it, what was it diagnosed as? Yeah, it's, oh, it's pretty sore. Um, keeps me up a little bit at night, but um, yeah, it's not too bad. We, the buyers come at a pretty good time and yeah, I'll be good to go for the next game. Beauty. Now, just following on from that, like obviously all Hawks fans are excited to hear you'll be right for next the next game. But um, your body itself, you came into the AFL system as a pretty sort of um, you know thin, um, skinny kid. Um, you've definitely developed, especially over the last six to twelve months, like physically battle hardened body. Uh, and I reckon without you know stepping out of line, if this sort of if that sort of thing happens to you, you know eighteen months ago. 
I'm not sure you get back on and and play the rest of the game out. How does that feel to be able to, I guess, um, come through those knocks and big hits like that against big bodies and be able to trust yourself to get back out there and play the rest of the game out? That must be a good feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think growing up, being the lighter frame, I've had to learn to sort of play on the edge and um, have that toughness about that game to withstand um, the rigours of AFL footy. So, yeah, now that my body's actually come along and I can um, still play in that sort of way and have the body hold up, it's it's been really nice and just gives me more confidence um, to be able to do what I want to do out on the field, yeah, which is nice. Well, obviously, just on the injury side of things, you knew early, early in the year that you'd be moving into the midfield. I, I want to ask then, with that injury side of things, Peter Burge, who we've been talking about as the recruit of the off-season, recruit of the year in terms of what he's been able to do for the boys, how important has he been in your pre-season leading into a year in the midfield and having confidence in your body? Burgie's been great. He's um he's come in and he's very particular about each individual athlete, which was a bit of a change up for us this year. It's all very individualized. And I remember having a phone call with him before I'd met him and just discussing about what I want to achieve in my career and um, sort of the next steps uh, to achieve them. And he was awesome and had a very strong viewpoint of where to start um, without even being in at the club yet. So from that point on, I knew he was going to be pretty special. And yeah, to see what's um, already happened with our um, list profile now, just how athletic we are getting. Um, and with that only being one preseason is pretty exciting for what's to come. It uh, leads back beautifully to a question I had around the Brisbane game. And at the start of the year, yeah, the third quarters we had were a bit of a concern. I think we might have even touched on that with you last time we chatted. Um, but the last few weeks, the last month, our third quarters have been um, one of our better quarters. Um, do you feel like this is a, a physical adaption? Is it a mental adaption? Um, you know, what what's changed over, say, the last month or so where those third quarters and the second half of games is becoming a strength for the for the young Hawks? Yeah, it's an interesting one because we knew that even at the start of the year, um, without the work that Bergie did, we were still a very fit team. And just with the personnel that we have, um, we knew we did have the run that some others didn't. So when we were sort of falling behind um, in those third quarters, we knew that it wasn't a physical thing at all. So we did a lot of work um, in the mental space around it and um, yeah, week by week, we were just sort of chipping away at the mentality aspect and how um, when they do kick a couple of goals in a row, how we do respond and um, even just starting the third quarter. So now that we do have that confidence back in our mentality and we know that we can run teams over in the second half, um, once you put them together, it's been exciting to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, the last time we we spoke, uh, we had a chat with you back on the 21st of April, uh, which was just before the round six match against the Crows. Since then, the Hawks have gone three wins and five losses from their last eight games, but specifically it's been three wins in the last four. Um, and two of those wins against um, top eight contenders, which is really exciting. How's the feeling in the group at the moment and how's it shifted from when we chatted last, when all the conversation was around tanking and, you know, the Hawks, you know, 
young list has been stripped back too far. And now, you know, we're starting to see, I'm not saying you take in all of the media that that's out there, but we're starting to see this narrative change around this young, exciting Hawthorne list and that it's going places. How does, how's that for you guys? And how's the feeling around the club? I think the feeling around the club probably hasn't changed too much just because we are such a young group and we've all had the belief from the start of the year, no matter what results each weekend have been, um, we've been quite up and about um, even through some of the tougher losses. And I think now probably getting the results that we feel like we've deserved for some of our effort, I think probably does take away a little bit of stress um, just with the outside noise, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that we um, get caught in, up in it too much, but it is nice to finally get some reward for effort on the wins and losses. And um, yeah, then you have some people all of a sudden saying, "Hey, these guys actually are looking pretty good and have a yeah nice future ahead." Which is um, it's not what it's all about, but it is, it is nice along the way to get some recognition. Is there anything other than? actually winning games of footy that's changed in the last month or so because I mean it's it's clear that the chemistry is really starting to develop and you know the celebrations with good passages of play or or goals or um, like momentum momentum shifting um, periods of play within the game like the chemistry is there do you think that that's changed with the better results on the field? Yeah, I think I think they definitely go both go hand in hand. Um, I think when you do win, you obviously are having more fun with the boys. You know what works um, as a young group playing more games together is naturally going to build that. But I think also as we build the chemistry, then we can start talking about um, different scenarios on field, for example. Um, and when you are when you do have better chemistry, then all of a sudden you can execute different game plans and I think on the weekend was a prime example we went in to the game with a very um, sharp game plan we knew that we just had to stick with them to half time and um, then we could run away with it um, with our physical profile in the second half and I think if we weren't as connected as a group that probably doesn't happen so I think they do go hand in hand. And then I guess further to that in terms of the excitement I mean there's there's a lot of it driven by the younger members of the group and in the last five or six weeks we've seen uh shammy come good and cement his spot in the team obviously um connor mcdonald played a breakout on 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 the weekend and and we've read what you've had to say about you know his first training sessions at the club and how incredible a talent he is we've seen josh weddle get a rising star how exciting is it to see the emergence of this young talent and and how does that drive, you know, that chemistry and the on-field success? Yeah, it's been pretty cool to see. And obviously still being young myself, I'm quite in and amongst it. And it's a really good feeling when um, all our young boys are just stepping up. And that's what we have seen. Seamus Mitchell, who probably, yeah, was pretty much done at the end of last year, re-rookied. And, um, yeah, he's stepping up in games like he's... He was in the team for his run and dash, but some of his defensive actions that he's shown has been huge as well. So I think just seeing all that come together, I think the step-up's been the most pleasing thing. And 
once the young, all us young boys start stepping up in big moments, then we do get to reap the rewards of the wins and the nice goals that we get to celebrate. Now you float, I reckon, a little bit, Will, between both groups, right? Because you're still very young, but you're also sort of a young leader. And, um, and I've seen, we've seen as fans, the way that you've sort of carried yourself this year has been um, sort of, you know, from a leadership role, but you've been ably supported by some absolute gun uh, older players that are, or more experienced players, I should say uh, as well. Um, guys like James Sisley as captain, who's been unreal the last few weeks. Um, Jarman Impey, who's had an incredibly underrated year and has been so, so solid. Um, obviously the return of Mitch Lewis has uh, coincided with, you know, increased scoring output and stuff like that. And we've really seen a return to form of, uh, of a Dylan Moore, who's just input. His effort was never in question, but wasn't getting the same results as he's starting to again now, like he was last year. Um, can you talk about these guys, the, those four and anybody else that I haven't mentioned and how those leaders at our club help lead these younger blokes and, you know, the impact that they have on, on you as a young player, but also as a, you know, uh, as a colleague uh, in the way that you go about it? Yeah, I don't reckon you can make the list decisions that we did without still having some prominent older boys that can really guide the young guys through. And, um, yeah, Jarman Impey's been huge for me. He's always got an eye out for me and he's just one person that whenever you see him, it just brightens your day. And um, like you said, his season this year has been so consistent, so underrated. Um, and I think that probably tells the tale of himself. He never wants the limelight. He, um, he'd be fine with not getting any recognition for the way he's playing. Um, but, yeah, his season this year and just his impact around the group, um, his balance of maturity, but then also having fun with the young guys is pretty incredible. And he's one that um, without him at our club, for example, you, you just can't really work with the dynamic of the age profiles. Sure. Now allow us to uh, to indulge in uh, just some of your stats from the season so far, because uh, clearly you've taken your game to another level this year, and we're looking at right on twenty six average disposals, ten uh, average contested disposals, seventy five percent disposal efficiency. 5.4 marks, 4.7 clearances, 3.6 tackles, nearly six score involvements a game and four inside 50s a game, as well as, you know, a couple of rebounds from defensive 50 a game. So, I mean, in so many of those categories as a midfielder in the competition, we're tracking at above average or elite. Um how rewarding, because last time we spoke, you were talking about still learning the midfield craft and putting in so much work through the preseason into preparing for life as a midfielder. How rewarding is it? I know we're only 10 games, 11 games into to your midfielder career. How rewarding is it to start seeing that work pay off? Yeah, I think rewarding. Um, it's It's been nice just to put in the work and, I think the previous years there has been a bit of work, but last year especially um, just didn't really see the results. And I think just knuckling down this preseason and um, finally playing the way that I knew I could, um, the move to the midfield has helped, but I definitely, if I got moved there last year, I definitely 
wouldn't have been playing the same just um, physically and uh, mentally wouldn't have been up to it. So it's been nice to just put in the work and finally see that coming out um, each week. Now, Will, uh, watching your game and the way that you navigate uh, through traffic, you've got some really uh, a few impressive ways to get yourself out of trouble. A um, couple of blind turns, some sidesteps, other bits of fancy footwork. Is this something that like you work on, or is it something that just comes naturally to you? Like, how do you how do you go? You know, when I'm in this situation, I'm going to do this, or is it just all instinct? Yeah, I think now um, it's probably very instinctual, but off the back of, I think, coming through as a junior, as I mentioned before, just as such a light frame, I couldn't. I was never the one to be able to just fend someone off or um, just take the tackle on. So I think growing up um, so skinny as I was, I think that's really helped me now and I wouldn't change it at all. So back then, just having to find ways to get out of traffic that others didn't has really helped me now. And um, yeah, I think my brain's still definitely ticking as it happens, but it's just nice to know I've got quite a few things in my arsenal. And now that the body is coming along, um, I might be able to start shrugging some blokes as well. Absolutely. I think uh, the, there's a few boys in there that don't mind uh, the fend off. Jai, Jai doesn't mind it. Jimmy Warple doesn't mind it. See it from Connor Nash. He's just 200 centimeter man running around pushing blokes over. Um, now, I was going to lead into a question, and I hope you don't take offense to this, but um, your kicking efficiency so far this year hasn't been fantastic. Um, for somebody who is an incredible kick of the footy on both feet, you're going at a shade under 60%. Um, is that something that you that you are actively aware of? And if so, is it something you look to improve on in the back half of the season? And what do you do in order to improve that kicking efficiency? Yeah, it's definitely something I am aware of. And um, we've had a few chats about it, me and Adrian Hickmott, who's been really good for me this year. Um, and at the end of the day, we know, we know I'm a good kick. It's not that I'm a bad kick. So I probably went through a three, four-week um, phase of just that was all that was on my mind and training trying to work on it and um, all of that and then in games probably thinking a bit too much about my kicking and I think the last two weeks my fish, my kicking efficiency has been back up and I think that's been off the back of not thinking about it as much and when I do just go out and play the game um, not thinking about it I know that not every kick um, is going to hit a target but if I just go out and not think about it as much um, it's going to be a better result than thinking about it way too much now will we we possibly should get Connor Nash in for this next question but um, I want to talk about tackling technique because uh, that's obviously a massive focus with the AFL at the moment and you are aware that of that firsthand having received a a two-match suspension, which separate question. Um, I, I'd love to hear about the process to deciding not to appeal the decision, other than the fact that we don't have Carlton's legal team representing us, so whether or not that played into it. Um, but obviously, um, CIS has been referred to the tri tribunal. Um, we're recording this a few hours beforehand, so for the tackle on Hugh McCluggage, 
How, as a playing group, um, do you combat the change in tackling requirements? We've heard the AFL sent a video round um, and that a lot of players haven't even seen that video. How's the club been spending time with you guys with tackling technique? What can you tell us in this space to let, you know, Hawk supporters get some sort of an understanding of, of the situation you guys are in here? Yeah, it probably took um, a few instances before the AFL sort of reached out to our club to have a chat to the players and um, we got a bit of a presentation showed to us and a lot of stuff that we knew previously, a lot of stuff around um, is the tackler's uh, job to look after the head of the player with the ball um, and a lot of a lot of writing really to read um which i mean it's good it's good to read over but when you're in the game it's just a completely different um ball game and i think instincts and when you're playing with uh just a do or die mentality for your team a win at all costs mentality um a lot of the writing that you get shown in a presentation probably isn't going through your head um so yeah i think it's a big grey area still. Um, we see we see the um, AFL are knuckling down on it with um, giving a lot of suspensions and things like that. But in terms of changing technique, um, especially tackles like mine, like scissors, um, there's not a whole lot we did wrong um, technically. It was more the outcome, I think, of the head hitting the ground. And that must be incredibly frustrating because half the time it's based on outcome, half the time it's based on potential outcome. And when it comes to tack- tackling, I mean, you've been doing it your whole life, right? So it's 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 a natural instinct to tackle a player, an opponent who's got the ball. So that must be really tough to have to grapple with. Yeah, growing up as well, um, like you want you want to bring the player to the ground to stop momentum, stop the play. Um, and you get taught that all growing up. And now if you are taking a player to ground, um, they're expecting you to think while doing it on the way down. So it all happens pretty quick. But I, I completely understand the why of the AFL. And we obviously want to protect um, against concussions and things like that. Like it's horrible, the injuries that can occur. But... Yeah, it's definitely just a big grey area. Now, we'll, we'll get you out of here in a couple of minutes. We've got a few more questions um, and a few more lighthearted ones. We'll get away from the tackling techniques and the <laughs> MRO and all that sort of stuff. We're not here to grill you. Um, you're, we're speaking to you on the, on a Tuesday afternoon at the start of your bye week. Um, what does a bye week look for look to you? And has it come at the right time for not just you personally, you said it already you said it has, but for our young club to be able to sort of take a break and reset? Uh, yeah, I think off the back of a good month of footy. Um, we've had a review of our last month and we're pretty happy with how we're going, but I think the buy acts is a bit of a reset and we get back and train hard for the week coming up against Gold Coast and um, look to build on what we've done. Um, so yeah, it has come in a good time. And for me, um, heading up to Darwin with a few of the boys, a few guys, um, a few people from the club as well, we'll go up and, few cultural experiences and then also just um, chill out for the weekend as well. So looking forward to it.
Are you gonna um, are you gonna catch up with Cyril and just sort of bring him back into the fold? Can you? Um, yeah, well, well, apparently a few of the few of the um, support stuff saw him in Adelaide real randomly when we were playing there the other week. So um, he seemed to have a chat to a few of them. So yeah, hopefully we can get him across the line. Uh, now a couple more, a couple of more uh, light-hearted questions, I guess. Um, I think if there's one celebration fans are enjoying at the moment, it's uh, it's either when you or yourself, when either you or or Dylan Moore kicks a goal, and the two of you seem to have a very sort of special connection when it comes to celebrations. Is he? Is he your ideal partner in crime when it comes to goal celebrations or is there someone else you enjoy celebrating a goal with? No, Maury's good. I think I think the key to celebrating with someone is you both just have to be as passionate as each other. And I think um, Maury and I are after goals. If you look at the vision behind goals or wherever it may be, we're always um, the ones that are yelling and screaming. So when it is one of us that are kicking it, which is more often him, um, I usually try to get there straight away and we'll just hit each other or just do anything. Love that. His his celebration post, that la- his last goal against Brisbane was unreal. He was geeing up the crowd. He was, he was going at it. And that sort of passion. And look, we're speaking from a fan's perspective, right? We'll like Andrew and I, we're both just, we're both just fans. And, and, when we see that, there's an instant connection further developed with that player because we're like, they get us, you know, they get up. The passion is there too. And you can, we talked about this last time, I think. You can, you can see it um, with the players who either had a connection with the club growing up or, or supported the club growing up. And I think that's part of the reason why both you uh, with your grandfather's connection, but, and Dylan just being an, an avid Hawks nuffy as a kid yeah, um, really love celebrating a goal for the Brown and goal. Yeah, no, it's always good. And uh, once we are winning more games and the crowd does start coming back, which we still have unbelievable crowds for the, for the way we are playing, which is awesome to see. But, um, yeah, it's going to be awesome once we have packed crowds and playing some pretty exciting footy. Uh, One player that has, I actually wrote an article about in the last couple of weeks and it's getting, it's, it's been a very good uh, topic of conversation among the fans is around DGB um, and his development at the club. We knew from early on, like his personality is pretty infectious off the field. Um, it it can't it, it can't be easy for him at the moment, uh, not getting selected and seeing everyone else um, playing ones and being up and about. What's he been like off the field, and how do you think you know that scrutiny um, that's coming his way now is going to affect him? Denver's been awesome. He, like you said, his personality is big and infectious. And I think it would have been pretty easy for him going through this period to just sort of go into his shell and um, almost feel sorry for himself. But he hasn't shied away from it. He's just his willingness to learn has been awesome. And um, yeah, just at training, you're just seeing um, him trying to learn and also not shying away from his personality as well. He's still making the jokes. He's still having fun with everyone, which is awesome to see. So like I said earlier, it would have been easy for him to just um, take a step back and 
Um, yeah, he hasn't done that. So it's been good to see. We'll, we will get you out on this one. I just wanted to um, hear it from, from you. Um, we, you talked about at the start of the pod and throughout, um, you know, the fact that the Hawks have recruited really um, strong physical profile runners, very big athletes. Um, who sets the training standards at the footy club? Uh, and, and why is it you plus a few others? Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's good. Like you said, the physical profile means our, training standards are up pretty high and for me in previous years that um, probably wasn't the case coming in um, naturally I wasn't as athletically gifted I mean I was I could jump well I could sprint um, fairly quick but just that constant work rate probably wasn't my one wood so I've had to learn quite a bit from guys like Dylan Moore um, and even guys like Lockie Bramble um, John Newcomb, he's one that can just um, go all through training and isn't afraid to just hit hard, um, even in the smallest of drills. And I think that that step up for me this year um, has been awesome. And yeah, I'd like to say that now I am um, one that tries to set the standard and um, I want to yeah keep doing that for the rest of my career. Beautiful. Well, Will, you definitely set the standard when it comes to being being an absolute pleasure to interview and you were once again today. So thank you so much for your time. All the best for your week off. Enjoy it. Um, say hi to Cyril for us and we will chat to you again later on and all the best for the rest of the season. I hope it has a, hope it's a great one for the boys and we can notch up a few more wins. Cheers lads. Really appreciate it. And that was Will Day, Hawthorne legend. Well, will be a Hawthorne legend one day, but he's an absolute champion of a bloke too. Weezy, how is that for you? Well, not sure we can run that Valentine's Day uh, headline again, but it feels a bit like it. Uh, the love-in that he's got for a number of his uh, his teammates and the love-in that we've got for him just seems to be growing and, and hopefully all of our listeners enjoy that because that was uh, a lot of fun. It was an absolute pleasure, wasn't it? And I think I think the beautiful thing about Will is, um, you know, he speaks so well, and you know, he, you know, got it all, got it all right. He ticked all the boxes from a club perspective. They'll be wrapped with that interview as well. But he gives he gives enough, right? He gives he gives you little insights into the club. He gives you insights into his personality, into the other players' personalities. You know, who's driving the standards? You know, why is Jarman Impey so impressive? You know, all of those sorts of things. And I think that's that's what fans want to hear at the end of the day, isn't it? Like you and I standing here over Zoom, massive smiles on our faces just from spending 30 minutes chatting to Will. Yeah, and maybe maybe we can accompany this with a couple of uh, screenshots from the recording because what we've got, Prince, is the beauty of being able to see him as he's talking. So... I mean, you can feel it and hear it in his voice and our listeners will will be able to do that. But, you know, like the question about Dylan Moore and as soon as you mentioned his name and Will's got this monster grin on his face and, like, you, you just feel the love before he even opens his mouth to talk about it. So, you know, that's the sort of stuff that's really, really exciting and he he clearly loves the place, which... Um, is all that we can ask for, right? 
Absolutely. And he's here for a while yet with that um, contract extension signed earlier in the year. So thank you very much, Weesey, for joining us. We thank Will Day for jumping back on. He's going to come back on again for us before the season's out. Thank you so much to everybody who listened. For those who continue to support, support the Hawks Insiders through podcasts, through uh, our articles on the Substack, through um, our Twitter spaces. This week we're up again on Wednesday night, so join us there. Um, thank you so much for those who do. Um, our paid subscribers, if you haven't yet um, thought about or purchased a subscription, uh, we would love the support. It helps us uh, be able to continue to do what we do. Um, and, yeah, thank you so much for the ongoing support and for being the community that we had hoped we would uh, be able to um, pull together when we started the Hawks Insiders. So um, thank you to everybody, and we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews, and so much more.